What's up and welcome to episode 7 of the State Line Sports Show. My name is Brandon and once again I'm here with Sawyer and we're going to be going over the sports of the past week. Before we get into uh, what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, we want to make uh, just uh, kind of an apology. Uh, we weren't very active on social media this weekend, didn't post any scores or anything like that. Uh, if you don't know us, we're college students. Um, we had a very slam-packed weekend, uh, just yep. lots of assignments due. So that's why I still have to wear the Carolina jersey. If you listen to our last podcast, I lost in a trivia game. Uh, so I have to wear a South Carolina jersey. I will be doing that this Thursday. Keep a lookout uh, on our Instagram and Twitter for that, for a picture of a very disappointed me in a South Carolina jersey. Yep. With that, we're going to start talking about college football, starting with the LSU Ole Miss game. So, Sire, what is your what are your opinions on this game? Man, Joe Burrow's unstoppable. I mean, he had almost 500 yards passing, five touchdowns. But I'm really worried about their defense. Bro, they got exposed. Like, John Rice Plumley, Oklahoma's – or not Oklahoma, Ole Miss's quarterback, dude. I mean, he's filthy. He's just a freshman and everything, and he's, like, extremely fast. He's, he's got almost 1,000 rushing yards on the year, and he hadn't even been playing the whole year. But, I mean, as good as he is and everything, like, you still can't justify letting them score 37. Yeah, if you're the number one team in the nation going up against, at the time, a 3-7 and seven Ole Miss. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Um, I I still think LSU is the best team in the country, though. Um, but this week did kind of change that a little bit for me. Um so we're going to talk about the next team, which is Ohio State. They beat Rutgers, a really bad Rutgers team. I mean, Rutgers is always bad. But they won 56-21. to 21, And I'd say the biggest surprise here is Rutgers scoring 21 points. Yeah, and it's not like it all came in the fourth quarter against the second or third string defense. They scored a touchdown in the first quarter and then a touchdown in the third and the fourth quarter. So they were going up against the ones for Ohio State pretty much the whole game. I mean, I still think Ohio State is – Either them or LSU are probably the, it's probably the most definitely most proven probably the best team LSU is definitely the most proven if you look at wins mm-hmm. but and I, I mean you can't for me at least I don't think you can argue them not being number one which we'll talk about in a minute um, the new rankings just came out so but Ohio State I think they're legit I think these are the only two teams in the country that can beat Clemson and I think. He's the only two teams that would actually, like, really give Clemson a hard time. Um, I don't think Alabama would, especially without Tua, which is – we're going to talk about that in a minute. And I think Georgia could, but I don't think Georgia's going to have an opportunity to. So, with that, we're going to move on and talk about Clemson. So, Dude. they played a pretty good Wake Forest team, and I, I don't know. I mean, Wake Forest is okay. But they won 52-3, to and that's pretty solid. This game surprised me because they beat – Wake Forest worse than they beat North NC State. Yeah. Uh, and Wake Forest obliterated NC State. Yep. So the fact that Clemson came out and just took care of business like that was pretty impressive. Okay. But also, if you watch the game, Wake Forest looked like they didn't know what to do on offense. No, but their defense in the first half, like until the end of the first half, um, actually played pretty good. So they had only 14 in the first quarter, but they were honestly keeping Clemson – a couple of three and outs here and there, but they scored a couple of late touchdowns to in the half. Clemson did, but I mean, man, it was just it was bad. But I think Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU are easily the top three teams. One hundred percent. So we're gonna move on and talk about Georgia now. This one's all you, Brandon. Georgia and Auburn. 
this was definitely the definition of a defensive game. Um, both offenses really couldn't get it going. Um, Jake Fromm threw a dime to uh, Dominic Blaylock late in the first quarter. Um, and then in the second quarter, uh, there was a bootleg pass to Brian Harrigan. Georgia goes up 14-0 heading into halftime. Uh, third quarter, uh, another touchdown pass to Eli Wolf. Georgia goes up 21-0. This entire time, Auburn cannot get a drive going. Georgia's defense is just suffocating them. Bo Nix um, looked terrible, bro. too. And I'm about to, like, Bo Nix is honestly the reason Georgia won the game. Um, or at least a big part of it. Mm. Uh, Auburn scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns. Scored, they almost came back. Yeah, they almost came back. But Bo Nix, they were going for it, like, Fourth down play. Bo Nix had a wide open running back in the flat. Probably would have scored. Yeah, he probably would have scored. But I mean, he only, Bo he... Nix threw probably the worst pass I've ever seen. Totally behind the receiver. There was no way the running back could make an adjustment no. in time. Uh, Georgia gets the ball, and they turn it over on downs. Or No, they, they don't turn it over on downs. They have the punts. Yeah, they have um, the Because our offensive coordinator is horrible. But... Yeah. Uh, for, in, for instance, James Coley called a quarterback sneak up the middle on second and ten. Like, what are you doing? Um, I'll bring us the ball back. Fourth down. Georgia sacks Bo Nix. And they end up winning the game 21-14 in Jordan-Hare, which yep. is very impressive. All right, so we're going to move on and talk about something a little bit. It's, it's pretty sad in my opinion. Like, yeah. I've, I've seen on social media, like, Usually, if like a big player gets hurt or something, there's like fans who are like, "Oh yeah," but I haven't really seen that with Tua. Um, I think all of college football has like a really big respect for Tua. He's just a good dude. He cares a lot about other players, and he just cares about everybody. Um, so it was the end of the first half. They were up 35 to seven. Tua convinced Coach Saban to let him stay in the game and get like some reps with a two-minute drill to end the half, which. I mean, that's fine. I mean, you're not going to tell the guy no. Um, a lot of people are bashing Saban for this, but I don't I don't agree with that. Because um, Tua's been hurt. He wanted to get some more reps. I, I mean, make, I, I get sense. it. He 100% wasn't going to play the second half. And as Coach Saban, like, leaving him in, he probably should have taken him out. But at the same time, you're not going to expect something like this. So Tua's rolling out of the pocket, trying to make a play. He lands sideways and somebody lands on top of him and he dislocates his hip and this is the same injury that ended Bo Jackson's career um but Tua you know I mean he got off the field and everything he had to get carried off but um I've been reading stuff and I've been keeping up with it a good bit because I really like Tua um I saw something yesterday it was either this morning or last night that said that his surgery was so successful that he might be throwing in three months that's insane. Because that's, like that's ridiculous. For this kind of injury, from what I saw, it was like a 12-month re- recovery. They said it went so good that he might be throwing soon. Um, obviously, the season's over. Um, probably, even if he's throwing, probably won't play next year. But man, like I really hope he is like recovering. Everything goes well. Because um, he, if anybody in college football deserves it, it's to attack Viola. Just the mm-hmm. way he cares about people, the way he loves people. He's He's great for college football. Um, anyways, Alabama ended up winning 38-7. to Mac Jones came in, got three points second half. Mississippi State's got a good defense, though, so, I mean, I'll give him credit. But 
obviously this isn't going to be the same Alabama team, but I think Mac Jones, he won't be terrible. He'll be good enough. I think they can beat Auburn and go 11-1. and And at that point, depending on what else happens, who knows what will happen with the playoff, you know? So um, now we're going to talk about Oregon and Arizona, and we're going to hit this one briefly. I think Oregon should be in the top five, personally. I think they should jump yeah, Alabama. I think Oregon and Alabama should switch. Justin Herbert and this Oregon offense is electric. They, I mean, granted, they played a uh, mediocre Arizona team, but uh, the final score was 34-6. to Oregon is looking very good mm-hmm. The ever since their loss to Auburn in the beginning of the season. I think if Utah and Oregon both went out in the regular season, the winner of their, their conference championship would be Oregon against Utah, and I think the winner of that game would get in the playoff, personally. I don't think they could leave that team out. I think they have a much better case of leaving Utah out than Oregon, but if Utah beats Oregon... You can't. The only way that I think they leave the a Pac-12 team out is if Georgia beats LSU in the SEC championship. Yeah, and that's LSU's one loss. Yeah, and then so you put Georgia at three. LSU at you four. move up. You move up Ohio State and Clemson. L- Georgia at three. LSU four. That's the only way I see them leaving yeah. the Pac-12 team out. And another dark horse. They had a game that we'll talk about. It was game day. Everything. Oklahoma isn't out of this thing, Mm-mm. and neither is Minnesota. Because in Minnesota, they're not a one. But if they lose an Iowa Hurts, but I think a lot of people pick that. Yeah. But I think if Minnesota wins out and they beat Ohio State in the championship game, I don't think you could argue that they don't get in. That'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's no argument, in my opinion, that they don't get in. Yeah. Um, but next we're going to talk about U- Utah for just a second. Um, they played UCLA. A lot of people had UCLA winning this game. Which surprised me. It didn't make sense to me. But, like, UCLA has Utah's number, apparently. I didn't know this. I don't... I keep it up the Pac-12, but not that much. But Utah went, and they won 49-3. to Like, <laughs> beat down. Never a game. Utah's legit. Their defense is awesome. Yeah. Um, now we're going to talk about this Iowa and Minnesota game for a second. Um, Anytime a team goes to Kinnick, dude, it's it's a hard If you're an undefeated team going there, you're going to lose. Yeah, it's it's where undefeated teams go to die. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. Iowa won 23 to 19. Mm-hmm. Uh it it was honestly a great game to watch. Very yeah. competitive, back and forth. Um but uh Iowa being the home team, I think the home uh, field advantage played a huge role in this game and Iowa came out on top. Yeah, so now we're going to talk about Penn State and Indiana. This game was a lot closer than I thought it would be, mm-hmm. but Penn State won 34-27 at home. They're still really good. They got Ohio State this week. That's college game day. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, now we're going to talk about Oklahoma and Baylor. This game was insane. Holy cow. So Baylor in the first half jumped all over Oklahoma and went up 28-3 at one point, and <laughs> they choked. I mean, um, that's what happens when teams go up 28-3. 28-3 is cursed. The Falcons went up to 28-3 against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and the Patriots came back and won. Yep. Same thing happened here. Um, Jalen probably played his worst game since he's been at Oklahoma, but he still balled out in the second half and got the win. They won 34-31. This doesn't not Baylor out, but I think you could argue that it does because um, they don't really have any quality wins, and this was going to be a big one for them. But... I think the biggest thing about this is that they didn't score any in the second half. Not, not a point. Like, it that shocked me. Yeah, I mean, the way they were scoring, they were doing what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But um, Oklahoma, I think, with this win showing that they can 
get stuff done even when like the odds are against them helps them but they're not a one Baylor's not a one but Oklahoma definitely has a better resume than Baylor um, so I'm gonna talk about Florida Missouri this game was a freaking snooze fest so <laughs> boring um, it was in Missouri Florida went on the road won 23 to 6 really not much to say there Kyle Trask played another good game he's good I don't I don't I, understand where that I've never from. heard of Kyle Trask before this season nobody has the man is balling out yeah, so now we're going to talk about Wisconsin and Nebraska. Um, Nebraska is probably the most disappointing team in college football. <laughs> Them or Michigan State, it's really bad. I mean, they're, both those teams are 4-6, and six, but Wisconsin went on the road and got the win, 37-21. to 21. They're 8-2. and two. They're looking good. Jonathan Taylor had 200 yards and two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor is a monster. He's a monster, yeah. We're going to talk about a team that's been playing really, really good, like Michigan surprisingly good football so this game is usually really close um michigan michigan state it was at the big house michigan they won 44 to 10 and yeah it's a little late because they have two losses but if they were one loss team you could have an argument for them in the cfp i mean if they if they had that one loss they won out they get in no doubt mm-hmm. shea patterson's playing out of his mind their defense is ridiculous i mean I think Michigan's legit. If, I just think it's too late for them. If they keep playing this way, they could give Ohio State a run for their money. Oh, I think so too. And But they have to keep playing this way. If Michigan beats Ohio State, I think all the talk about firing Harbaugh is going to be gone because this is the best. The way they're dominating people right now, you could argue this is the best they've played since Harbaugh got there because they're beating good teams. Like Michigan State's 4-6, and six, but they, they still have a really solid defense. And that's, and, and that's a rival. Anytime you eat a rival, rival game, yeah. yeah. And that game's always close. Michigan always struggles, but they they ain't playing around right now. I think they're looking for respect, and they're getting it from me at least. Um, next came Navy and Notre Dame. Jeez. Notre uh, Dame won 52-20. Yeah, they were both ranked, but and I knew I, I felt like Notre Dame was going to win, but this is kind of surprising to me, this big of a win. Yeah, I didn't think – I either thought Navy was better or Notre Dame was worse. Yeah. I was wrong somewhere because uh, Notre Dame won 52-20, to 20, like mm-hmm. I said, and Ian Book went off. Notre Dame is – they're one of those teams, kind of like Michigan, that since the Notre Dame and Michigan game, Michigan's been playing re- really good and so has Notre Dame. So it's kind of like Michigan killed Notre Dame, but like after that, Notre Dame has been going off. Um, they're 8-2 as well, so they don't have a chance, but – It'd be kind of fun to see how they do in bowl season against these other big teams because they're both probably going to get big bowls. Mm-hmm. I could see Michigan in, like, Outback or something. Yeah, I agree. But moving on, we're going to briefly talk about Cincinnati. They're 9-1, which is pretty impressive. No playoff implications or anything, but they beat South Florida on the road 20-17 to in the last second field goal. Memphis, another 9-1 team, beat Houston, who very disappointing. Very disappointing. But De'Aaron King isn't playing this year. That's true. But that's one player. But anyways, they won 45-27. <laughs> Texas sucks. <laughs> six and four. They ain't back. They got beat by Iowa State, who's not bad. They're six and four too, but like keep. I'm not gonna lie, I love the fact that they got beat by Iowa yeah, State. It's kinda funny. All that jump that freaking Sam Ellinger was talking and then I'm I'm happy with it. But we're gonna move on. They're not relevant anymore. Um, Boise State, they're nine and one. They got another win, forty-two to nine over a really bad New Mexico team. Um, Oklahoma State, a very slept-on team. I'm excited for the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game this year. Yeah, Shelby Hubbard's it, insane. It should be a very very high-scoring game. But they beat Kansas thirty-one to thirteen. And yeah, Kansas like their record doesn't show up, but they're they 
besides the past couple weeks, they've been a lot better yeah. this year. Um, I don't see Les Miles doing anything crazy, but I could see them getting a bowl game in the next couple of years. Because mm-hmm. sure. the Big 12 isn't fantastic either. Um, an upset, West Virginia going on the road to beat Kansas State. That's crazy. I'm, I kind of miss West Virginia being relevant. I mean, I always I enjoyed watching them like last year yeah. when they had like Will Greer and all that. But now they just kind of suck. They don't really have a passing game because they don't have a yeah. I mean, their quarterback's all right, but it's not Will Greer. No, it, it's fun. App State, they were getting killed by Georgia State at one point, um, but they they hung on, got the dub, fifty six to twenty seven. They ended up killing them in the second half. Um, yeah, so that's the top twenty five. But now we're gonna talk about. The college football playoff rankings. So, what was your so your top like your top four? Who would you have as of right now? As of right now, I would have I think the same as last week, just based on the games up yeah. to this point. I yeah. would have LSU, Ohio State, uh, Clemson, and Georgia. I'm not saying that Georgia's a lock because they have to win the SEC championship, but just based on the way the games have gone and the season yeah. has gone up to this point. I would have that. Mine's different after this week. Uh, nothing against George. I mean, they did something to convince me more that they should be in there. But I'm going to start from number one and go up. So, number one, I'm going to have LSU. Number two, I'm going to have Clemson. Number three, I'm going to have Ohio State. And number four, I'm going to put Oregon in there. Because I think I think they're going to end up winning their conference. And their only loss would have been a really quality loss. And Georgia's, not so much. But if Georgia wins a conference, obviously, if they win the SEC, they'll get in. But I don't know, man. Like, I think Oregon, not necessarily a better resume, but they've got a conference championship and a much better loss. Yeah. I, I can see why you would put Oregon in there. Because the South Carolina loss is looking worse every week. It, and it really I, is. I, as a South Carolina fan, I apologize. Yeah. I, I apologize for that. That really hurts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's bad. So, NFL, we're going to do kind of what we did last week. We're going to hit big games. We're going to talk about every game. We're going to do something a little bit different after. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about the Miles Garrett situation. We're not going to spend too much time on that because, I mean, we have different opinions, so we'll talk about it for a second. But we're going to go through that and then a couple more NFL games, um, and then we're going to do some fantasy stuff. But we're going to start off talking about the Browns and Steelers. We're going to talk about the score. We're going to talk about the actual game. And then we're going to talk about the thing that's been on the news all week with the Miles Garrett situation. So, Brandon, tell us about the game, and then we'll talk about Miles Garrett. So, uh, the Browns came to play the Steelers did not that's kind of just the game summed up in one sentence uh the Browns offense wasn't really that great I mean they scored 21 points they had a touchdown in the first second and fourth quarter the Steelers only scored one touchdown it was a touchdown in the third um how's your score was it a pass yes it was a pass to uh Deontay Johnson okay and um but the, the Browns' defense was what won them this game. Mason Randolph was terrible. Yeah. Mason Randolph threw four picks. He was sacked yeah. three times by Miles Garrett alone. So the offensive line broke down. Mason Randolph had no time, and when he mm. did, he tried to force things. And the Steelers just looked horrible. Yeah. It was an awful game to watch um, if you're a Steelers fan. It looks really boring, honestly. If I didn't watch it. But if you were a Browns fan, you loved it. Um, it was boring until the end. A lot of players got hurt. Juju got a concussion. Deontay Johnson got yep. a concussion. There were multiple targeting hits. Um, it was a dirty game. It was. Really dirty game. The rivalry's back. I would say, offensively, I would probably say the biggest highlight is Nick Chubb breaking 1,000 yards on the year. That's First right. running back to do that. Which, 
I'm sure as a Pittsburgh fan, you don't like that, but as a Georgia fan, yeah. you do. I mean, I like to see him doing well. Yeah. If, he, if he does well, but the Steelers beat him every year, I'm fine. I'm more of a Sonny Michelle guy myself. I always was when he was in college. But now we're going to talk about the highlight of the NFL this week. Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph's fight. It ended up being the whole team. But obviously Mason started it. Yes, um, absolutely. I felt, well... He started the actual fight, but I feel like Mason Rudolph, I mean, if you sack a dude three times, you're going to start talking junk. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he got him on the ground and talked junk a good bit, um, you know, uh, and throughout the game, the four picks, the sacks, I feel like that really bothered Rudolph. And so if you didn't see it, which you would have to live under a rock to not understand, <laughs> like to not hear anything about this. So basically what happened was Miles Garrett was it a sack or a hit? It was a sack. So he sacked Mason Rudolph in the, the game, and Rudolph kind of like pushed. Ru- I mean, yeah, Rudolph kind of pushed Miles Garrett while he was on the ground, and I'm sure they were both talking junk. When they got up, they started fighting, and Miles Garrett had Rudolph's helmet in his hand, and obviously for that to happen, Rudolph didn't have his helmet on, and Miles Garrett swung and hit Rudolph in the head with the helmet. You could argue an assault charge there. Like a legit assault charge. Um, because Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph in the head with something that could potentially kill him. Like, um, you could crack somebody's skull with that. I saw, like, Barstool Sports, they posted a video on Instagram where it was, like, a wooden chair and somebody had a football helmet and they hit it about as hard as, um, Garrett hit Rudolph and it cracked the chair. Like, yeah, that's pretty bad. Although... I think Miles Garrett, his suspension is good. I don't think he, I mean, Rudolph isn't going to press charges or anything, and he shouldn't. But that's pretty bad. But at the same time, you're in the moment. There's a lot of energy flowing. Rudolph started it. I kind of get it. Swinging the helmets a little much, but like the fight itself, I get it. Yeah. Um, Miles Garrett got suspended for the rest of the season, possibly indefinitely. Yeah. Um, Marquise Pouncey, the Steelers, the center for the Steelers. He shouldn't have got a fine. Like, if somebody well, had my quarterback and was messing with him and, like, fighting him, I would, I would fight yeah, that guy, Marquise too. Pouncey was, was punching and kicking Miles Garrett. He got suspended for three games. Um, there was a Browns linebacker who came up and blindsided Mason Rudolph. He got one, right? Yeah, he got a one-game suspension. Mason Rudolph, no, yeah. nothing. That's what I don't get. I, like, I understand everybody else. I think everybody else's suspension, except maybe Pouncey. I think Pouncey should have gotten one. I think the kicks is what got his. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Rudolph didn't get any kind of suspension. I think Rudolph should be suspended two or three games. Yeah. I mean, he should get a bigger suspension than the other two guys for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, Garrett, he'll... I, I agree with Miles Garrett's suspension of the season. I don't know if I agree with indefinitely. I think knocking him out the rest of the season and maybe like the first three games or so next year would be just about right. Mm-hmm. But we're going to move on. We're going to talk about the Cowboys game. Um, it the Cowboys up, offense is balling out. Dak Prescott is amazing. Um, we'll talk about him in a minute when we do our fantasy stuff. But he's probably having the best year of his career right now. Mm-hmm. But they're still 6-4. Uh, but I think, like I said last week, when the Cowboys are on, they're one of the best teams in the NFC. But now we're going to talk about the Colts and the Jags real quick. This wasn't really a game. Uh, Nick Foles had a decent, he had a decent day, but man, Indianapolis just it's too much. Was um, Jacoby Brissett back? Yeah, that, he was. That's a big factor there. But they beat the Jags thirty-three to thirteen. 
Um, the Bills beat the Dolphins. Josh Allen had a huge day. Broncos and Vikings, we're going to talk about this briefly because I really don't want to talk about it. Um, so, I was watching the game. We were up 20 to nothing at halftime. I was like, what team is this? I was like, we're doing this. Second half looked more like a Broncos game. We got outscored 27 to 3 in the second half, and we got beat 27 to 23. Um, really disappointing. Um, Kirk Cousins went off in the second half. Stephon Diggs went off. It was just hard to watch. I, I hate it, but we're going to move on. Um, Saints beat the Bucks 34-17, to about what you'd expect. Yeah. Jets beat the Skins 34-17. Also, I mean, the Jets suck, but the Redskins suck more. So, about what you'd expect. Let's talk about the Falcons, man. Dude, they're, they're looking good. Now, <laughs> like they're not technically out of the playoff. They beat the Panthers 29-3. to Which is rude. Who had a healthy Christian McCaffrey, and it was in Charlotte. Kyle Allen. He sucks. Anyways. <laughs> four interceptions. Four picks. But we're going to talk, like, they're legit. And I think they're the way they're playing right now is legit. But at best, they're going to go 9-7 and seven in a really strong NFC. They could sneak in There's at, no the, way. at the sixth spot. You would have to have card. so much to happen because Green Bay, you got to think about who the wild card teams are right now. Seattle and Minnesota. Are you serious? Yeah. Because wow. Green Bay's first. Um, and San Francisco's first, and then the Saints are first, and then the Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys are first. So like, your wild card teams are two teams that would arguably be in first place. Like the Seahawks and the Vikings are your wild card teams. There's no way they get in. The NFC is so strong. The NFC is stacked. AFC kind of sucks besides a couple teams, but a team that doesn't suck is the Ravens. Man, holy Ravens, crap! The Ravens. Just trash the Texans. Lamar Jackson. I'm a, let's give an updated top three because he he proved me wrong this week. They played a yeah. good Texans team. <laughs> at, I mean, it was at home, but they won 41 to seven. Lamar had four touchdowns, passing. I think he had one running too. Yeah, he did. So my updated top three for MVP is Lamar, McCaffrey, and then Russ. Really? No, 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 no. Lamar, Russ, okay. and McCaffrey. I'm the same. Yeah. McCaffrey's still going off, but like, he's not winning. Russ is having the best season of his career, but it's not Lamar. Like Lamar, it's, Lamar, it's insane. Last year, everyone was giving him crap for not being able to throw the ball. Over the off season, he worked on his passing, and now he's the best dual threat quarterback playing right now. Arguably the best quarterback. Arguably. Yeah, yeah, you can argue. That. Um, so we're gonna move on. Talk about the 49ers and Cardinals real quick. They won. The Niners won 36 to 26. Jimmy Garoppolo had a 400-yard game, and four touchdowns. Debo Samuel had another game over 100 yards. He's starting to go off. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Debo is gonna be legit. Yeah, he really is. Um, so now we're gonna talk about the Raiders and the Bengals. The Bengals are 0 and 10. They're trash. They are the first team to be officially moving from playoff hopes, which we knew would happen. But yeah. Raiders, they won 17-10 at home. Uh, there's not much to say. Raiders low-key in the wild card run, though. They're 6-4. They could, yeah, they could do I hate them. But <laughs> now we're going to talk about the Super Bowl 51 rematch. I think it was 51. Was yeah. It 51? Yeah. yeah. Um, Very Pat- close game. Patriots-Eagles. Patriots won 17-10. Um, Patriots defense, man, it's just unbelievable. Um, Tom Brady... Didn't have a big day, but he got enough done. I feel like that's kind of where he is right now. That's where he's been the past few years. But 
he'll have the occasional like 300 yard game but like mm-hmm. he just gets it done he's a winner that's what he is yeah. um rams bears rams won 17 to 7 really boring game Todd Gurley finally had a good day on fantasy I think they, gonna, they gave him the ball, the, and look what he did. They're going to start – he's on my fantasy team, and I took him in the, like, the second round. I'm not going to lie. And maybe that wasn't the smartest thing, but, like, he's starting to ball out. I don't know what kind of league you're in, but if he's available or – he's one of those guys, you know, they say, like, sell high, buy low. He's one of those guys you could buy low. You could trade a little bit and get a, and get Todd Gurley if the person isn't paying attention. So definitely go for him. Um all right, we're going to talk about the Monday night game real quick because we got a lot to get through and not much time. So the Chiefs beat the Chargers 27-24. to um, Chiefs didn't look that good, but the Chargers 20, suck. 24-17. to Yeah, 24-17. What did I say? You said 27-24. Oh, my bad. Anyways, the Chiefs beat the Chargers. Dude. The Chargers suck. Phillip Rivers, I don't know what his deal was. He threw four picks. Dude, he's so bad. I think, I don't, I think he might have throwing those with his eyes closed because some of them were really bad interceptions yeah i mean he's he's really bad um so i'd say the biggest like takeaway this week um when it comes to like nfl is i I mean i think people have started to notice this especially after they beat the patriots the way they did but i'm gonna say like the biggest thing for me is the ravens are legit Mm -hmm. like really really good so yeah, so we're going to talk about a couple of injuries and we're going to get into some fantasy stuff. Um, this is an injury that's been bugging James Conner for a while because James Conner hasn't had the year that people really hoped, but the past few weeks before he got hurt were, it was like 32 points, yeah, 24 was, points on he fantasy. He finally getting off. it done. Yeah. And then he just re-aggravated an injury. Which I think he'll be back um, in a week or two. He's not projected to play this week on fantasy. I mean, obviously he's not projected to play. Um... But I think, I really think he'll be okay um, in a couple weeks. It might be a little too late, though, for fantasy owners because yeah. playoffs start in three weeks, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about in a minute. Tyreek Hill is out with a hamstring injury. Yeah, and he got hurt really quick yeah. um, in last night's game. He ended up not getting any fantasy points. Um, but I don't really know anything about that. I know he's getting an MRI. He either got it today or he's getting it sometime this week. But, um. That'll be interesting to keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to do some things where we don't really know how big of a fantasy league you're in. Um, I'm in a 10-team league and an 8-team league, which I care more about the 8-team league, so we're going to talk as if we're in an 8-team league. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about some players that might be available in your league, might not be. Um, some guys that – but these are all – most of these guys are guys that you can trade for and sell like buy them pretty low mm-hmm. and if you have them you could sell them pretty high um so some interesting things uh we're gonna talk about these guys um first off we're gonna start with a quarterback dat prescott most people most leagues are gonna have him as somebody's gonna have him as a start quarterback he's balling out yeah i think he's like the number three overall quarterback in fantasy right now he's unbelievable but he's one of those guys where He's helping my team a lot. Like you're like, oh, it's a PPR league, blah blah. blah. Like quarterbacks aren't that important, but I would argue that um, he's getting me like 30 points a week, and I don't, I don't care. And that's solid as a quarterback. Yeah, really good. Um, obviously, he's no Russ or um, Lamar. Lamar, but like, if you can't have one of them and you can find a way to get Dak, I would say do it. Dak is a very reliable quarterback. I mean, I don't think I think he's had like maybe one week where he didn't get me 
above at least 18. I mean, he's gotten me like 24 or up this week, but I think the week against the Jets was the only week where he didn't do good. Um, but last week he got me 31, so like that helped me win big because I've had a lot of injuries this year. Like my team is not good, and I have a lot of bye weeks and injuries. I mean, if my team's fully healthy, it's pretty good, but it's not right now. But um, now we're gonna move on. We're gonna talk about Cortland Sutton, who is balling out. As a Broncos fan, he's probably arguably my favorite player in the NFL right now. Um, he can run, he can pass, he definitely can catch. Um, he's unbelievable. He's a receiver for Denver. Um, he's probably not. I mean, I guarantee somebody has him, but he's one of those guys you can you can get really like not for you can trade and get him for not much. Like he is, he's insane. He's been getting me about. 15 to 20 points a week as my flex, and that's pretty solid. Um, so now we're going to talk about some other people. What do you think, Brandon? I think, uh, as of lately, Todd Gurley. He's starting to get his touches. Yeah. Also uh, on my he, team. He had a nagging injury all season. Um, I think it was his knee. Uh, so it wasn't getting his touches, wasn't getting points. A lot of people were upset. Um, but last week, they gave him his touches. They threw him threw it to him a few times he got about um, 20 points yeah which is pretty good yeah he had about 97 rushing yards 38 receiving yards and a touchdown yeah um so as long as Todd Gurley keeps getting his touches which I think he will um he should be a good addition to that. right so we're talking as if this is a PPR league so like mm-hmm. all the little screen passes and everything he does it might not get much yards that's a whole point right there mm-hmm. um so that's big you the way the NFL is right now and the way fantasy is, you really want to run a bet that can catch the ball too. Um, yeah. Um, so now we're going to talk about Devontae Parker, who is a receiver for the Dolphins, which you're like, oh, the Dolphins, they have a terrible offense, but he is their offense. Yeah. Since they got rid of Kenyon Drake, he's been their offense, which Kenyon Drake didn't have a big year. But um, he's been getting about 15 points a week, which is pretty solid for a receiver if you're in a big league. Because um, there's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of people that are – have stacked teams and there's really not that much available but i'm really big on him right now yeah um, so next we're going to talk about joe mixon the running back for the Bengals. um Bengals, terrible team obviously with, yeah but with dalton being hurt he's getting his touches now yeah joe mixon's getting his touches they're throwing it to him a lot in the flat as well mm-hmm. very good addition at running back or flex because they don't want to throw down field with ryan finley right <laughs> so if you have tyler boyd or aj green i'm sorry and yeah i'm apologizing to myself who has tyler boyd um, so next we're going to talk about Kirk Cousins, another quarterback. He's having – past few weeks of him for him have been fantastic. His season stats for the year, he's got about 2,700 passing yards, 23, 21 touchdowns, and only three interceptions. Like, he's he's getting it done. Very he really good is. Stats. He's a good backup quarterback. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's my backup quarterback, but he's one of the quarterbacks that – he's available in some leagues, I'm sure, but you could, you could trade for him really easily. Mm-hmm. Next we're going to talk about Calvin Ridley. Um, I think this is largely due to how Matt Ryan has finally found his stride this season and how the Falcons' offense is really just clicking now. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvin Ridley is starting to get a lot more catches. He's starting to get open more. Um, and so if things keep happening like the way they ha- have been recently, the past few weeks, yeah. um, Calvin Ridley should be starting to score anywhere from 15 to 20 points a game. Yeah, so... Now we're going to talk about DJ Moore. He's a receiver. This is his second year for the um, Panthers. Um, he, he's he been okay. The problem with him is been really struggling at quarterback with Kyle Allen. Um, if they're having a decent day, he's the primary guy there. Um, 
over Olsen. I mean, obviously, you got McCaffrey, but he's still going to get a good bit of touches. I've seen him have 15, 16 points a week, so that's a consistent target that you can probably get a scoop up. He's probably going to be starting in most leagues. Yeah. Next is Josh Jacobs. Um, Jacobs um, is uh, definitely the main um, playmaker for the Raiders. Um, there's really, I don't really know any of their receivers. Um, really the only one that you hear about that's doing anything is Jacobs. Um, he gets so many touches. Yeah, he gets a lot of touches. He's he's on my team. He's getting me consistently uh, 20, 25 points a game, sometimes higher. Really good person to add. Um, next is a wide receiver for the Jags. DJ, I think his last name is pronounced Shark. Yeah. Um, he, last week, um, got 30 points. Um, unfortunately, he was on my bench. Mm. Um, <laughs> so that one really stung. And you took the L to me. I did. I lost to Sawyer, and it, and it hurt. Because um, I was projected to win big, and I lost even bigger. Yeah, you lost pretty big. Yeah. But uh, Shark consistently gets... Uh, anywhere from 20 to 30 points a game um, if he uh, is against a team that has a middle-of-the-road defense. If he's playing a team with a good defense, uh, it would probably be better to sit him. Um, but if he's playing a team um, that has a mediocre secondary, I would definitely start Shark. Yeah, so now we're going to talk about probably one of my favorite players of all time, to, like just to play football, watching football. Um, so we're going to talk about Debo Samuel. These past two weeks, he's gotten over 100 yards both weeks, gotten over 20 points in fantasy both weeks. Um, so for him, I would say he's almost definitely available in your leagues. Um, I would go pick him up in a heartbeat. Um, he's low-key starting to become the number one target for Garoppolo, who's been going off recently. Um, obviously, you got Kittle in there, but he's a tight end. Like, he's... Debo Samuel, this might this might be a little bold, I don't know. But I think he'll be the number one guy in San Francisco for the next few years. Because he's starting to come into his own, and it's at a good time. So, with all the names we just gave you, these are guys that are a little bit low-key. I mean, Dak, and I mean, there were a couple of them that were big that you could trade for. But these are all guys that you could probably sell to. Like, let's say you got a big name like T.Y. Hilton. Obviously, he's been hurt. You could probably sell T.Y. Hilton and go get Cortland Sutton or something right now. That's somebody that was just looking at names. So most of these guys are guys you could just go get. Some of these guys might be on waivers like Debo Samuel and Monte Parker and Joe Mixon. So, like, definitely look at these guys to help your fantasy league. I mean, most leagues, I think, if not all leagues, there's only three weeks left. So if you're right on the edge of making the playoffs or you're trying to make a push, like, these guys will help you. Mm-hmm. Go do it now. So now we're going to talk about the Astros, man. All this Jeez. stuff around them. So if you haven't heard, they are they they're basically getting caught. Um, <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but basically they got caught stealing signs from the catcher. So let's say the catcher called for a fastball, you wouldn't hear anything from the dugout. But if the catcher called for a changeup, you'd hear like coming from like the dugout. And the batter would hear that and know that the pitcher's going to throw something off speed. Baseball is not really a sport where you can cheat on much. Like, once the game started, it's like steroids and crap. But, but if like, you're going to do it, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. And there's footage of them doing that in the 2017 World Series, which is the World Series they won. And people have complained about it since then. And the Nationals actually knew about it. Well, they suspected it. They didn't know for sure. So they changed up their signs. And 
that's honestly a, probably a big reason why they won it all. Um, this is bad, though, for the Astros. There's rumors about, I think what will happen is they'll get their 2017 World Series title taken away, and Jose Altuve, his 2017 MVP, will get taken away. But there's also rumors about them getting the death penalty. That would be just ridiculous. So what would happen there would not just be, oh, the Astros are on team, all the players go other places. All the players would be... I think they would get suspended for like a year, like a couple of years. So they'd all be like just chilling at home. And what would happen is the MLB would play in a team in a different city and just say, screw the Astros. And that would be so bad. Yeah. But I've heard rumors about Orlando, Nashville. I mean, it could be interesting. Part of me kind of wants it to happen because I don't like the Astros in the first place, especially after this. Like, yeah, I think it'd be really cool to have a team in Nashville. Um, but that's big for baseball. Really big. Yeah. Really big news. It could change the dynamic of MLB. Yeah. Also, with baseball, um, the season awards were given out. NL MVP was Cody Bellinger, who is one of my favorite players. I love him. AL MVP had to be Mike Trout. I mean, he got he missed the last month of the season, but he still had MVP numbers. I mean, he's one of those guys that legit might win MVP every year of his career. Yeah. He's yeah. so good. Um, American League Cy Young was Justin Verlander. Um, National League Cy Young was... Jacob DeGrom for the Mets, who had another insane year. Um, Rookie of the Years, these were going to be pretty obvious. American League was Jordan Alvarez for um, the Astros. And then National League had to be Pete Alonso. Um, Pete Alonso broke the National League rookie home run record. Just, and he led the league in home runs. So, I mean, he was, he was insane. He was the guy. Um, home run derby winner. You couldn't not give him. Um, he almost won it unanimously, but Mike Soroka, pitcher for the Braves, had. Uh, vote as well so we also had a great year and personally I wanted him to win it but there's no way you couldn't give it to Pete Alonzo yeah all right so we're gonna do something a little different here um obviously this is a sports podcast but we're gonna talk about something that's been really big for us um we're both Star Wars fans and Disney Plus coming out and everything's pretty great but we're gonna talk about the Mandalorian for a little bit so if you have not seen the Mandalorian stop listening now yes because we will be talking about the show there will be spoilers there will be a lot of spoilers so if you haven't watched it just stop listening now um come back and listen when you're done uh, um, so before we talk about the episodes if you watch the south carolina texas a&m game which we didn't talk about we didn't talk about that but we don't a&m, have a&m destroyed carolina there's not much to say yeah i'm, I'm upset i don't want to talk about it but, but yeah um so yeah when we were watching that it was like second or third quarter something like that um it just gets back from commercial break, and I don't think this is even prompted. No. Like, he just randomly started saying. Out of nowhere, the, the announcer goes, I got two words for you. Baby Yoda. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch The Mandalorian. I was just like, dude. You just spoiled the show. You just spoiled the show on <laughs> national was, TV. It was the craziest thing. There were people on like Twitter complaining about it and stuff. It was good. Yeah. I mean, it was terrible, but it was kind of funny. It was very funny. So we're going to talk about both episodes real quick. We're going to do like a five-minute thing on each. Um, first episode was amazing. Yeah. It set up the story beautifully. So the Mandalorian, it starts off where he walks into a bar where these guys are about to kill this other dude, and he ends up wrecking those guys yeah just absolutely destroying them and the guy's like oh i think you thank you and then the mandalorian's like i don't know why you're thanking me like i have a bounty for you because he's a bounty hunter he's a mandalorian that's what they do so basically he takes the dude the guy 
what they do? They go out on the ice next, right? And they buy yeah. that speeder. Yeah. And then they go out to his ship, who's parked on the ice, and they almost get killed by like this big, like, what was it? It was like some kind of sea monster. Some kind of sea thing. monster. It was right? weird. Alien-looking thing, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh frick! Like they're gonna die. This guy's gonna die. And they end up getting away. Um, and when they were, this is a brief summary. They were gonna like, details. And then when they were in a ship leaving, the guy was like, I have to go to the bathroom. The Mandalorian was like, uh, okay. So he went to the bathroom. At like he was in the bathroom. And he wasn't peeing. He was looking for a way to escape. Mandalorian ended up putting him in... What's that thing called? Carbonite. Carbonite, yeah. Brought him, got his bounty, all that good stuff. And then he heard about a bounty that was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And it was with Imperials. This takes place five years after episode six, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the Imperial... I mean, the Empire's gone. But these are Imperials who want... Yes, it's the remnant of the Empire. Yeah, so they want this bounty. So they get, he goes to this place. He has to learn how to ride some kind of, like, dinosaur. Yeah, some kind of weird-looking thing to, yeah. get to, to get to the place um, where his target is. So he get he gets there. We'll go into more details about certain characters in a minute. So he gets there, and he gets in a big shootout. There's a bounty droid there already. And they end up getting inside somehow after a huge shootout. Um, and... They get there, and the target is like a little... It's the same species as Yoda. I don't remember what it's called. I, you, no one knows what, what he is. Yeah, so it's the same species as Yoda, but it's like a baby. Um, and then the droid's like, oh, we gotta kill it, and then... The bounty, the man, the yeah, the Mandalorian shoots the bounty droid, and they leave. So that's just a quick summary of episode one, but we're gonna talk a little bit about, more, about it more. So what did you think? I, I was kind of skeptical going into this. Yeah, I was as well. I didn't know, really know what to expect. And when he went into the, the the canteen at the beginning of the show and just wasted those dudes, I was yeah. like, oh, we're in for a ride. Yeah. Um, the Before the shootout, the show was kind of like, I was like, I don't really know what I'm watching. Like, I don't really know what's going on. Um, I think the Mandalorian is going to have a story. Um Right now, there's really not much to talk about because it's just trying to set it up. But I think there is, there are references to his past life that he yeah. made throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll find out more later on. As it goes on. Um, yeah. And I really want to know, there's theories out there about the about Yoda, the little alien dude. Um, whether he is just another species of Yoda, like the same species as Yoda. Yeah. Or is he Yoda's son? That would be crazy. That would be just absolutely insane. This is canon, by the way. Yeah, it's like, it's 100% true. Um, something big that I, I noticed, um, the guy who plays the Mandalorian, if you don't watch Game of Thrones, you wouldn't know, but if you do, the guy who played Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones is also playing the Mandalorian, which I think is interesting. I didn't know that. That's pretty sick. All right, Brandon, give us that run, that quick summary of episode two. Episode two, uh... The Mandalorian is taking Yoda Boy back to his ship to deliver to the Empire who gave him the bounty. And there are little Jawas that are just tearing his ship apart. He vaporizes a few of them and they they get back in the the sand crawler and he chases them. Yeah, he chases them uh, and he tries to. He eventually gets on top of the sand crawler after killing a few of them as he's climbing up and they're all just chilling on top and they zap him with, with blasters and he falls off. Has to go get help. Got taste. Yeah, got taste hard. He has to go get help from one of the guys in episode one who taught him how to ride the dinosaur. Yep. Um, 
that is spoken. And he, yeah. And he says uh, that the only way that he can get his parts back for his ship is to trade. Yep. And so they try to figure out what he can trade. They, the Jawa said they wanted his weapons. He said no because he's a Mandalorian and they love their weapons. So he said no. Jawa said that they could get he could get them the egg, which they called the Zuga. Zuga. And they just start chanting it, Zuga, Zuga. <laughs> we were watching it with like four or five of us and we all started chanting Zuga. It was hype. Yeah. Um and so he goes to this cave and there is a I don't even know what it's called, um, but it appeared in episode two in the Geonosin Arena. Um Oh, like the rhino thing. Yeah. And so that thing tried to kill him. Um the only thing, the only reason he survived is because little Yoda boy used the force and picked up that He's rhino and freaking turned him and the Mandalorian stabbed him in the neck. Um, and he was able to get the rhino's egg and brought it back to the Jawas. The Jawas chopped it up and started eating it. Eating it. Yeah, it was, really, was kind of weird. Yeah, it was very weird. But I vibe with it. Yeah. I think the Mandalorian and little Yoda are going to be best friends. So we're going to finish talking about this very quickly and then we're going to talk about a couple other things. Um... So, basically, I think this episode was a... I mean, it was a lot of action and everything, but I think there were some people complaining about it, but I think it was, like, a big... Um, I think it was, like, a big setup episode. Like, you figured out Yoda was sensitive... Like, Lil Yoda was Force-sensitive. I think the Mandalorian kind of likes Lil Yoda. Um, it was just... It was really good. I thought that, that episode was really good. I'm really excited for episode three, which comes out Friday. Um, so, now, we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about a couple things very briefly. Um... I think it was this week or last week. Um, Star Wars: The Fallen Order, the new Star Wars game, mm. fantastic. I've seen some people play it. It looks really good. Um, I'm really excited about that game. Probably gonna get it for Christmas because I'm a college student on money right now. But I'm really excited about that game. Yeah. It's one of the best Star Wars, like best looking Star Wars games I've seen. It's incredible. Yeah. Also, um, Modern Warfare came out about a month ago, and it's personally my favorite Call of Duty. I would say, like. If I'm talking, like, how much I've enjoyed it within, like, the first month, I would say I've probably enjoyed this one more than any. Um, so, we appreciate you guys, like, listening and everything. Um, um, follow us on social media. We're, this is for Twitter and Instagram. It's SLS Sports Show. Um, we're really thankful for y'all. Let us know what you thought about the end, kind of talking about things other than sports. We're just wanting to try something different. Um, it wouldn't be, like, it wouldn't become, like, a non-sports show. Like, 45 minutes of it was sports. So like we wanna um we wanna keep it primarily sports, but we would not be against talking about other things at the end. Um if you have anything you would want us to talk about at the end, just let us know. Like you can DM us on Instagram or Twitter. Just let us know. But we're really thankful for you guys listening and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>